You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Schultz is second of the night. Here's Maher for the extra point, and it's no good. He went off the top of the right bar. And it caroms away. That's four straight missed extra points for Maher. Five straight dating to the last game of the regular season. Good morning. Welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Joe Ostrowski, Mark Zinno with us today, and I'm Aaron Hawksworth. We're all with you this morning. So the best teams are left in the divisional round after the Cowboys beat Tom Brady and the Bucks last night in Tampa. I thought it was one of Dak Prescott's best games of his career, and we'll get to that in just a minute. We also have Kate Constable of BetQLU at 920. Jason Scott, VP of Trading for BetMGM, and Sam Peniotovich of Nesson at 11. But gentlemen, let's start with the Cowboys who really did handle their business in Tampa 31-14. It was a first half shutout. Dak Prescott threw for 305 yards, four TDs, another on the ground. It looked like Dak was locked in and it really couldn't have come for a better time if you're a Cowboys fan. Um, but now we've got three NFC East teams left in the division round, Joe. And uh, I mean, this was, I guess, not what we had hoped for uh, being on the Bucks side last night. Yeah, couldn't have been more wrong about that game. My instincts were correct that I, I wanted nothing to do with that game. I hated both sides of it, but somebody had to win. And thankfully, we don't hear have to hear about, okay, maybe this is the time Tom Brady turns it back. The health of the Bucks did not matter. I mean, I know Dak's going to get all the praise today, and it's deserved based on how he'd been playing for much of the season with all the turnovers. Uh, but like that, that Bucks defense, you've got to criticize them as well. But <laughs> all the storylines, the Maher stuff, we've got to talk about that. Peyton Manning was beside himself. Like he was just freaking out. And um, hey, what's going to happen with Brady? Was that the last Brady game that we've seen? Possibly uh, in the era of fire the coach after one year, you keep Todd Bowles, even though he didn't have his own coaching staff this year, based on what I've seen. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, there's a lot, lot to hit on, a lot to react to off of last night, Mark. Certainly is, uh, you know, and I was on the Cowboys last night. So uh, I, and originally full disclosure, I was on the, my first reaction was to take Tom Brady in the points. And then you dive into the matchup a little bit more, and the Cowboys are just a better team. Like there was nothing about the, the the Buccaneers this year that should lead you to believe that their offense had gotten it right. Just because they did against Carolina didn't mean that they were going to get it right, and that was the overriding factor for me. There was just a hard team to trust overall. But here's the problem with the Dallas Cowboys once again, because now you're going to go into this divisional round playoff against San Francisco, and look at the sample set of the last two games. They have a dominating win on the road in the playoffs against Tampa Bay in the greatest of all time, and yet the week before, 
They look like a high school football team who was completely outclassed, outcoached, and outmatched by a lesser Washington Commanders team. And that's the problem. I saw people on Twitter last night continue to say, look at Mike McCarthy. He can coach. He can coach. No, I don't oh. think he can coach. I think he's one of the worst <laughs> prep coaches in the league. I think he's constantly outmatched at times from a coaching standpoint. And I think that'll be on full display as they, they go up against San Francisco. I mean, it's really going to take a phenomenal effort from this Dallas team. And that's the problem, guys. You just don't know which team is going to show up from week to week and which Dak is going to show up from game to game. And that ultimately decides whether, you know, the Cowboys are on the right side or the wrong side. I'm so glad you brought that up because Mike McCarthy, after the game, he said Dak has been so consistent. And I was like, what? Are we watching the same Dak? Like, this guy is tripping. I have no idea what he's talking about. But uh, I'm with you on McCarthy as well. And can Dak repeat that performance that we saw last night? I think it's going to be hard, you know, to do two weeks in a row, Joe. Well, yeah, going against that Niners defense, something completely different. I know people are starting to point out the number of points that they're giving up. Well, well let's see. Let, let's see it uh, uh, this time around when it, they're actually going to be tested, or that's the expectation. Uh, Mark's right. I mean, if you look at these four divisional matchups coming up, there's one that stands out like a sore thumb that has a coaching mismatch. It is the best, the guy that might be your coach of the year, the guy that can scheme it up with anyone better than anyone offensively against uh, Clown Show, Mike McCarthy at times. Now, I, you, you've got to back your quarterback. What else are you going to do? You're going into the divisional round. You can't put any 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 doubt in his head, but uh, he's got other questions. Go. I mean, this is four missed extra points. You, guys, you can stop calling a money maher for a minute. Like, just drop that. For, for a quick second, I know you're, you're used to it doing it. Dax at the podium last night. It was plus 240 for one missed extra point last night. I wish we would have had a prop on four because we haven't seen that <laughs> since 1932. I don't expect them to make a change. But, boy, if he ends up uh, messing up their season or, or changing how, how they have to call a game because the guy can't miss and make an extra point, I mean, that's – that's ridiculous, but uh, a lot of people lost money on that Dak INT prop. I mean, it was because of the trend, the, uh, what he, how he had been performing this year. It was minus one seventy, minus one eighty, and uh, we did not see it. But that that Brady pick was ugly. Hey, yeah, he was. The intent was to throw it out of the back of the end zone. It, I don't, I don't know. I'm probably reading too much into it, but that was just another glaring sign to me. Like, dude, Tom, it's over, man. It's over. Yeah. No, absolutely. And again, I, I think one you talk missed extra points save the under. If you got depending on the if you got it at forty five oh. and a half, you're closed. I mean, you, you're watching those, and, and it's excruciating because you got a late garbage touchdown from Tampa to get it to forty five. So, yeah. And here's the thing, and you just hit on it, Joe. Simply about Mike McCarthy, and we talk about his game management, and his ability to understand the situation. You know, early in the game, if you're sitting there on fourth and three, and you're at you know the San Fran twenty you sending him out there for a field goal? I mean, do you, are you forcing to try to go for it on fourth down? Are, are you leaving points off the board? Do you send him out there? And if he shanks it again, I mean, if I'm if I'm Mike McCarthy, I got to go into this thing going, you got one shot. The minute you miss, you're done. We're out. We're going for two, and we're and we're going for it on fourth down at every possible occasion, unless the situation just dictates where it's like fourth and nine, and you're on the 35 yard line where it doesn't make any sense to go for. I mean. It's going to really affect Mike McCarthy's decision-making ability. I mean, he could say he's got confidence in Maher all he wants, but all, all evidence to the contrary on that one. 
Well, let's go back to Tom Brady and because that's all they were talking about on the broadcast. Is he done? Where's he going to go next year? Of course, Ian Rappaport saying it could be the Raiders, the Niners, uh, the Titans. I Guys, I don't see any of those. Why would the Niners want to cook Tom Brady when they have Trey Lance and Brock Purdy? Like, what? Are you serious? I don't see that happening. And I don't know why he would want to go to Vegas. I think the Jets could be a good option or a team who really, really needs a quarterback. Um, but I don't see the Titans like, what? You're just going to hand it off to Derrick Henry? Like, why would he want to go to Tennessee? I, I mean, I also don't know if I want to stick around for this whole storyline all summer. I hope, I, I yeah. just hope he does the whole, I'm just going to sit on my couch, you know, and wait to go to a team who's probably, you know, gets an injured quarterback um, like Philip River did. Philip Rivers or something like that, you know. Um, I, I wouldn't try to play all season long, but now that he lost his family and got the divorce, it's kind of like, what else does the dude have, right? The mass Singer. Retire for real this time and, and don't get mad. Remember his dad was like, oh, you guys forced him into a, a decision. It was the media's fault. I'll, yeah, I mean, this is – I have a feeling this is going to be worse than Aaron Rodgers. We complain about the Rodgers stuff. This one, this one might be worse. Well, the reason you go True. to San Francisco is you've got the best defense in the NFL. You've got the best head coach, arguably, and you're surrounded with just so much talent. I mean, you got Debo on the outside. Uh, Ayuk's not so bad. Oh, oh, McCaffrey's there. Like it's just everywhere you look. Even when um, San Francisco's dealing with injuries, it's not much of a problem because they have so much depth on that roster. So Brady wouldn't have to be great, but that was the idea with uh, running it back again with Tampa Bay, right? That they have such a strong roster. Let's run it back and we'll be fine. Now it seems like they're going to have to do a complete reset because they're likely going to have a change at quarterback and elsewhere. And they're an old football team. So that's that's going to be interesting. This division's going to get even worse. God, I didn't think that could happen. But yeah, Mark, I mean, you know all about this division. <laughs> Is it really going to be worse? It's got to be. <laughs> Brady's well, it, it's the only division, literally, that has all four quarterback positions up for grabs at this point in time. Like, yeah. every single you, you can make it an argument that all four teams would have a different starter than the one that finished the last game of the regular season this year. I'm on the other side. I'm all for Brady playing another year. I love it. Uh, I, I, I think he's still playing at a really high level, despite everything that you saw as a team from Tampa this year. Brady really wasn't the issue when you start to dice the numbers. That said, guys, Vegas is absolutely the best fit for him. I mean, Tom Brady and Devontae Adams would be a lethal, and I mean lethal combination. Add in Darren Walder, Hunter Renfro, a running back, and Josh Jacobs if they resign him. You know, offensively, they have all the tools they need. Their defense still is a lot of questions, but – you know, if their offense plays to the level that they are, he gets reunited with Josh McDaniels. Obviously, they're very familiar with each other. He makes Josh McDaniels better. Josh McDaniels makes him better. That seems like if he's signing a one-year deal and going somewhere, uh, he wants to do it. I've heard people say, why would he want to go compete against Mahomes head-to-head -head twice a year? Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know, because he's Tom Brady. He'll compete against anybody. Like, it doesn't scare him to go up against Patrick Mahomes twice. So, uh, I think that that's probably the best fit. He's a West Coast guy. At least he's closer to California and his family, where his parents are. He's getting in a dome. The weather is great there year round. I mean, these are all the things he left New England for uh, to go somewhere else. So I think that may be the ultimate uh, one year, one hit wonder if that's a place where he's going to end up. Yeah, I'd, I'd stay in the NFC somewhere. I mean, you look, look at the quarterback oh, that's that are left part, right yeah. now. 
Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, look, look at the guys you're going to have to take down. You're going to have to go one-on-one against Mahomes or Allen or Burrow or some combination of those guys. So, yeah, if if I get my option, I'm trying to stay NFC. But you're right. With all of those, we're going to have a lot of moving parts this offseason. And uh, whether you believe Brady's cooked or not, uh, yeah, there's going to be like 10 teams lining up to sign him. Like, please, please yeah. come here, Tom, because you're better than all of these other options, way better. I agree. I mean, there's so many teams that need a quarterback. I think for me, when I think about Tom Brady's legacy, just as a fan, I would hate to see him just, oh, like telling my kids one day, oh, yeah, he, he was with the Patriots, won a Super Bowl with the Bucks. Then I can't really remember. He was on like five other teams after that. You know, it's just kind of like I don't want to see the guy go out like that. But hopefully, you right. know, he does uh, find success. You know, it, it's it's crazy, you know, to see what happened this season. Um, I feel bad for the guy, really, with everything that happened with his personal life. Obviously, the roster really wasn't, you know, what he had hoped it was. Um, maybe the head coach situation as well. So I hope that if he does continue to play, and I'm sure he'll take a few weeks to think about it, hopefully not too long, because we don't want to talk about it every day and let this drag out. But uh, it'll be interesting to see where he lands, Joe. Yeah, I mean, and, and just wrapping up uh, as far as the week, wild card weekend, as we move to the divisional round, underdogs go four and two. You had the uh, road favorite last night getting home and uh, overs. So, yes, by technically by the closing number, it was the only under of the week. But uh, Mark hinted at it earlier that uh, earlier in the week, it was 44 and a half. So, if you got that, you got the over. So, it depends on the number. But road teams. Did very well, particularly in the first half. They were 5-1 and one straight up. A perfect 6-0 and oh ATS in the first half. These road teams. So, so all this uh, concern about having home field it didn't show much uh, in the first round. Maybe, maybe the Jaguars being at home helped them in the comeback a little bit, but I, we always overrate that. And we've learned in the betting space that that's really about a point and a half, two max, as opposed to three that people always say. And the bye week always plays big in the divisional round, right? I mean, typically it was two teams right. getting a rest, which is why you see those numbers flip. Like you saw road dogs be able to take advantage against the number. Typically in the wild card round, historically, that's the way it's gone. When you get to the divisional round, it skews much heavier. But now there's only one team in each conference that got that bye. So uh, I would expect you start to see these numbers change. However, when I looked at the early lines, at least the first reactions, the fact that San Fran – is laying such a short number against Dallas um, almost seems mm -hmm. like a gift. I mean, I, I would have had that number at six and a half, to be honest with you. That's that's where I would th was thinking it would go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, I mean, four seems like, you know, one of those numbers where we are estimating that the public will jump on Dallas because of their performance mm -hmm. and odds makers are, are, are sort of factoring that in the line to see how much money they get. But uh, this, to me, San Francisco is a, far superior team to Dallas. Uh, and, and even if Dallas plays a perfect game, that defense still has a, has a big say. That's it. 49ers defense still has a big say in how well Dallas performs. Yeah, uh, we were saying on the show yesterday, guessing lines, depending on the matchup, we, were, we had it at six if it was Dallas. Uh, boy, you want to talk about an overreaction. And this was bet down too. Aaron, last night it was four and a half, and, and now we're sitting at four across the board. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and the head coach, I mean, that McCarthy and Shanahan, wow, that's uh, – <laughs>
give me Shanahan all day. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We'll talk big picture in college hoops. Take a look at tonight's card with Kate Constable of BetQLU in the action next.